What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. And today I'm excited. We have uh, Colin Wayne with us. He is a father, husband, a veteran of the U.S. Army, fitness model, CEO of Redline Steel. Uh, he's got a podcast as well. He just started up in 2020, Call In with Colin. And also uh, he was labeled by Forbes as one of the most interesting millennials in America. And so with that, I appreciate you taking the time to be with us here today. Thank you, Colin. Yeah, man. I'm uh, honored to be here. Awesome. So I always love kicking off the uh, conversation here with this question. Championship leadership is the name of the podcast. What comes to mind for you or what, what does that mean to you when you hear championship leadership? Um, so, I mean, I think of my time in the military. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of leaders that I've been under, whether that's from, you know, platoon level, company level, battalion level, and looking at leadership styles that uh, attribute kind of the most success, like who would you want to lead into battle with? And so that's kind of what I think of from a champion. Uh, one of the, you know, main people that I think of when I, when I hear that name is Nick Saban with, uh, you know, the head coach of Alabama. Yeah. yeah. And that same similar mentality that no matter if you're down or no matter if you're up by a hundred points, we missed a field goal. We missed a block tackle. It doesn't matter. These core principles that are instilled that should happen, we're missing the mark. It doesn't matter where, what you did yesterday. It matters what's happening right now. And are you obtaining those micro macro goals? So championship, you know, mindset, like that's, I think of Nick Saban, I think of the military and the different structures that I've been involved with. So. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm from Wisconsin, so I'm not an Alabama fan, of course, but I definitely respect Saban in Alabama, what they've been doing. Uh, I talk about him often because of this podcast, as well as Bill Belichick, just those, I mean, those guys that have figured out inside of football, how to win at the highest level when you got all of these other guys that these other coaches that are elite as well at that level. And they continue to stay ahead of them and they continue to win. Uh, definitely just exactly what you're talking about, I believe is probably the separator that, that creates that. Um, I saw, you know, I was looking, as I was doing some homework, getting prepared for this, you were talking a lot about how you how you run your company, and 
the, the style of leadership that you have. And a few things that I noted was just like kind of that bottom up mentality of just really empowering everyone inside of your organization to to be able to to be some leaders and 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 attributing that to some of the success that you have as well and 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 how you kind of brought that again from the military experience that you had. Um, mm-hmm. Talk a little bit more about that and maybe just you know to create a company that you have eight-figure company and you know where does that come from a lot of a lot of us I'm an entrepreneur myself and, and trying to figure out how to how to be great become a great leader and to inspire and empower others to to get in line with the vision that you have like is that something that you're consistently working on have you had people in your life that have helped you through that something that just really truly did take from military experience maybe just uh dive on that a little bit. yeah so um you know for me I've always been I've always been intrigued by the guys that lead from the front and that they're not willing to ask you to do something they wouldn't do themselves. And so, you know, my time in the military doing random police calls where we're literally like going around picking up trash and everything, you know, those, those platoon sergeants, those squad leaders, they don't have to be there with you. I mean, they can make the privates and the specialists and corporals do that type lower enlisted do that. But those guys that, you know, were staff sergeants, sergeant first classes that, that were out there right next to you doing the little micro things paid so much more tribute and respect to them on the, on the, the lower tier level. So I think that that's a massive offset. And I try to distinguish the same thing in the culture that we're, uh, we're building here at Redline is that no matter what position you're in, we're not above it. And it doesn't mean that, you know, we have to do these little things all the time, but like, I'm not above taking the trash out. Like I'll do it, you know, from time to time, I've got companies, I've got employees, you know, we got almost 60 employees now. And it's not like these micro tasks, I have to do them. But instilling these attributes from the top all the way to the bottom, and showing them by example of this is, you know, we're not, I'm not above it, you're not above it, we can all, you know, accomplish one team, one fight mentality. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for that. And I, yeah, I mean, there is so much to that, I can just look back to, you know, different experiences that I've had. And you experience a leader that just leads exactly what you're talking about, and uh, and then you have the others that, that don't. And just to see the level of the success, I think between the two is is uh, oftentimes very very clear. So, mm-hmm. what's up? Maybe you could tell us a little bit about and and the listeners a little bit more about you and how you've gotten to where you are today. Some of the things that we talked about in the beginning, in, inside of the intro. Um, yeah, where did you come come from and and the path to get you where you are today? Yes, that's a very um, diverse question. Yeah, I've yeah. got a lot of layers. I've got a lot of layers, man. I, I just turned 30 um, a few months ago, joined the military at 17, Did uh, volunteered for three tours, one to Egypt, one to Iraq, one to Afghanistan. On my third tour, I got injured in Afghanistan uh, by a 107 millimeter rocket and impacted about three and a half feet from me. And uh, from the grace of God, I'm still alive ended up transitioning out of the military and into fitness modeling about less than a year after transitioning out of the military, I actually landed my first magazine cover with Ironman Australia. And I was able to start growing and building and leveraging my social media to, I guess, essentially get whatever it was that I wanted. So within the first 30 days, of my Facebook launch, I had over 100,000 people, and this was a very prevalent time. There, there were no algorithms. 
you know, there were no ads and it was a really, really good time back in 2013, 2012 timeframe. And um, I started to gain that momentum and started to cross expose other channels. So from Instagram and Twitter, and then um, I didn't really, I wish I, if I could have went back, I would have tried a little bit more into YouTube. I think that would have helped tremendously across the board on all of those, you know, and then started to grow not only my pages, what a lot of people don't know is the leverage behind social media and the, the, the levers that it can pull. So I started to grow other fitness pages. So what forward facing people see that I have like 3.2 million followers across social media, but what they don't see is that I also own nine other fitness pages that have an excess of 5.6 million. So collectively, you know, well over 8 million total followers. Now there's some cross exposure between those, but I can leverage the non-branded Colin Wayne pages to continue to grow and scale my personal pages and the reach and the distribution outside of that. I can also leverage that to get contracts uh, with large companies such as like Under Armour and Nike. I can pitch the biggest magazine publications in the world without a PR firm and an agency. And I use that same method of approach and landed over 50 plus magazine covers without an agency or PR firm, just direct approaching and showing true value to the, those organizations. Yeah, that's amazing. And so, yeah, where did, where did Redline uh, Steel come into, into play in, in that path? So I was trying to find inner peace and couldn't find it, man. I had everything outward. I had you know, millions of people that followed me. I'd go to airports. People would notice, take pictures, autographs. I would go to expos, couldn't walk two feet without being stopped. I had a beautiful wife, big car, or a really, really nice cars, big houses, but I was miserable. I wasn't happy. So until I took a step back and said, okay, this isn't, I think I'm, I'm driven off of challenges. And I'm one of those guys that when I'm pushed into the corner, that's when I operate the best. So under stressful, intense situations, that's typically where, or something that's a little bit more challenging. It's kind of like going to a stocked pond. And you know, every time you cast, I'm going to land a five pound bass. It's not fun after a while. Right. And so that drive just wasn't there. And it's not to take away from what I did, but I wanted to use this as a stepping stone and I didn't know what was next. So Redline kind of just fell in my lap in a sense that I was working out at the gyms, kind of my life was just working out and that was pretty much it, basically retired. And a good buddy of mine who's actually gonna be a brigade general within the next probably 12 months, uh, Colonel Neely, he's, uh, he's, he's, got, uh, he's got two or three kids and he showed me this baseball sign that he got for his son. And at that time I had my son, he was in T-ball, but loved baseball. And uh, I wanted to get a sign made and ended up making a, um, uh, essentially long story short, I wanted to consult with him or he wanted to consult with me to try to grow and leverage his business scaling. I started to look at competitor analysis by building out a business plan and realized that this was a complete blue ocean market and saw market opportunity. I then made him a, I guess a position offer uh, for equity within his company and would finance the growth at 0% interest, no salary distribution for 12 months and put very strict terms on myself to hold myself accountable. Uh, he agreed and the day we were supposed to sign, he ended up backing out and 
ended up changing the entire dynamic of the business. You know, he knew how to make this stuff. I know how to sell it and leverage how to create a website, the post-purchase series and funnels, all of that essentially was my wheelhouse. And then within, you know, an hour of us supposed to be signing, he ends up backing out and essentially wanting to renegotiate what we had agreed on. So um, I ended up, you know, just doing it by myself. Yeah. Man, when I had read that and when I had, uh, when you were talking about it right up until the point you said that he backed out, like, I was just thinking how incredible that was on your side to be like, hey, I want to come in, but, but like, I'm going to make this a bit, huge win for you. And like, with all of the things that you tied to it, to be like, hey, the performance needs to be there on my end so mm-hmm. that we can both win yep. in a big way. And then to see that he actually pulls out from that, because I think too many people nowadays are, it's all about them and how they can really maybe get one on, over on some, someone. And that's what really stood out to me when I, when I saw that story about you and how you approach, approach this. So, um, yeah, I think more people should, more people, I, I, I think that you can get so much more off of providing value and believing in yourself and what you can provide the same. And, and to try to lower that tension and noise to whoever you're approaching. So say you want to have a similar structure, you've got to believe in yourself enough to know that the value that I can contribute on a consistent basis is worth vesting into. Why, why should they have you as a partner? Make it where it's frictionless for them. And it's a no risk. And the only, the, there's only upside. And so I kind of reverse everything, put myself in their shoes, and then show the value with propositions in place that hold me accountable. And then I also say, look, in 12 months, if I can't scale it to, I don't know, I'm just going to, a quarter million dollars. If I can't scale it to a quarter million dollars in 12 months, I don't even want to be a part of it. Like, you can have it. Here, take it back. Yeah. <laughs> it's provided no value for me other than, you know, I got time allocation into it. Um, if I were, if, you know, to finance the growth, I would have owned the, the, the assets and then amortized it under a separate corporation. But it's just, I think it's just having that internal belief that no matter what I get involved with, I want it to be 100% and I'm willing to do things against the grain in order to obtain what I'm trying to get. So. Yeah. yeah, that's a def- definitely a testament to you and who you are as a championship leader, um, which I'd like to you know, kind of segue into who, who have been some people that you would consider championship leaders in your life, maybe one or two, and really less about who they are, but really what is it about them that, that, that made them that, that great leader, coach, or mentor that's helped guide you, and maybe even you've taken some things from them uh, to help mold you as a leader as well? That's a good question, man. I haven't really thought of it. I've, I've never hired a coach, never hired a mentor, I was raised in a split home. Mom and dad raised me separately. I would say just from like, just from being a good example, I would say my brother, who's mm-hmm. always like a good, he was in the military, served from 2005 all the way up until 2016, I believe. So a good while, um, yeah. over 15 years. And he's got several kids. He's a really good father. Uh, just a really good, genuine guy would help a stranger. You know, somebody's, some lady's got a flat tire. He's that guy that pulls over yeah. and that would help somebody out in need. And so I think that that type of, I don't know, that type of human being is somebody that I would love to be more like. Um, but sometimes I get my horse blinders on and I don't think about anything other than I don't want distractions. I don't want friction. I don't want tension. I don't want anything. I want to just 
grind and I want to concentrate on what's important for me, that sometimes I overlook what's also important by negating family, negating friends, putting things that are essential on the back burner. Like my wife yesterday reminded me that our anniversary is in uh, like two weeks and I'm like, oh geez. <laughs> yeah. And so I forgot all about it. Like it's the last thing I'm thinking of. And, but it's, it's stuff that most people would deem as very important. And to me, it's not that it's not important. It is, but my blinders are so, I'm so tunnel focused that every day is a Monday mentality. Yeah. Well, I think it's probably your wife knowing who you are and loving you for who you are, probably knowing that, recognizing that, right? And she's like, that's why she reminded me. Reminder. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's great, man. Yeah. Um, let's talk just a little bit about, I can already tell that you have definitely have vision and idea of where in life. And this is where I often talk about Saban and Belichick, like two of the greatest of what they do. Having They have to have vision. And it's not just that they have incredible vision, but the courage to make the decisions that most others aren't willing to make to execute on that. So maybe talk to us a little bit about uh, your vision for where you're headed whether it's you personally inside of your life or inside of uh, company. Yeah. So um, I guess the big vision is Redline within the next five to seven years will be a billion dollar company. We want to be the largest in the world when it comes to home decor. We want to, we want to basically challenge any other and disrupt the home decor industry space and compete against Amazon. The intent is it's kind of twofold. One would be an acquisition of over a billion dollars. That's kind of what the, the long-term strategy is. I think if you get into business, you should have an exit in mind from day one with some type of timestamp. And so uh, I think that that's very important. But also, um, once I exit, the intent is, is to not retire. I love what I do. And as, as an entrepreneur, finding that inner peace, my inner peace is doing what I'm doing and creating. So you know, at some point I'll end up stepping down as the CEO of Redline and I'll go more towards the, the marketing side, the visionary, you know, similar to what like Steve Jobs did, where I, I literally just want to devote focus, attention and less boardrooms, less meetings, less all this other stuff that creates stress and tension on me so that I can focus on the big picture. So I think it's knowing what I'm good at and willing to sacrifice on titles and everything else because that doesn't matter. What matters is that Redline is as successful as possible. And so if I can put myself on the, you know, on the back burner, it, you know, all, all I want to do is chase passion because that's your inner peace is if you're passionate about what you're doing, you're going to thrive 10 times more. It's kind of like the 80-20 rule with performance. And most people will go through their entire workday and only attribute 20% of true getting stuff done and 80% just void filled time. Uh, I, I want it to be the opposite where majority of my time spent is towards allocations of things that are actually moving the needle and progressing it 10 times further because time is more pertinent than anything. It's more important than money. It's more important than, than really any, any byproduct. It's something you can't buy. So um, Redline, billion dollar exit within the next five to seven years. Uh, we've been documenting the entire thing uh, we've got thousands of hours, so my intent is that we get a Netflix original docu-series, so a three or four step episode that basically shows the entire transformation, uh, prophesying that this is going to be a billion-hour company within X amount of time, talking about milestones before we even hit that, we've hit it, 
and I, I want to be the first billion dollar brand that's documented it sitting from literally day one and show that entire process. I think that would be incredible. After that, you know, I, I could see potentially running for Senate, maybe Congress and, and disrupting that space. And then more than anything, I want to open a, a venture capital a VC that's actually working in line within the same vertical. So start acquiring companies that are probably under 10 million or so on EBITDA. And then as long as they align with that same vertical and this helps everything else, it's that's something that I think would be a lot of fun. So similar to, I guess, what Mark Cuban's doing, but more in line with a single vertical instead of multiple verticals. Got it, man. Yeah, that's incredible vision. Very clear too. So um, I love that. What's uh, really kind of one last question here as we start to close this out. What's, um, what's the time in your life, like a critical moment, that fork in the road where you could very easily went left and that's that's generally the, the path that i think a lot of people end up taking but for whatever reason like you path that you really wanted to go down was that road less traveled it is the decision that you made that has you where you are today but but had you went left instead of right you could be somewhere you know completely different inside of your life i think the listeners there's a lot of people probably in that moment right now and they struggle in having the courage to go the path that they really feel they're getting pulled to that they want to Mm-hmm. A lot of power in hearing other people tell their stories. So that is the moment that sticks out. So I think that um, I think that you should be comfortable with the uncomfortable. I think if you're if you have a good plan of action, you shouldn't let micro things influence the outcome. I think that the universe will basically respond the way that it's supposed to. I think that if macro and big doors end up closing for you, could be a sign. I think if small minute stuff stress you out and causes you to go to another direction, it means that you're not mentally ready for it. I think you need to have the mental fortitude to know that when you get involved with something and you start something and you're vesting all of your time, resources, money into it, that you have to give 100% on a seven day basis. There are no weekends and you need to know that getting into it or you may not be a good fit as an entrepreneur. I'm a firm believer that the universe will respond in many ways. And if you can voice it, if you can tell your peers, if you can post it across social, and you can believe it 100% without, without any question of doubt that this will come to fruition with a timestamp, that the doors will align and more doors will open for you than you could ever believe. And so I think inner confidence and just that four vision, the forethought of this is where I want to go. These are the doors that are going to open and then understand that, that there's gonna be a lot of different challenges and what you start writing out your business plan, there is never the perfect time to execute. Your time is today. It's time, you don't have to wait until you get that master's degree in marketing to be an expert in marketing. I can promise you I can do laps around PhDs in marketing and I'm a high school dropout at 16. So don't put limits and constraints within your mind of what you can accomplish and what you can't that the doors that are supposed to open will and those that don't you don't question it you you follow the course and it'll uh the the universe will respond in the way that it's supposed to yeah that's great you know has that been a place you've been able to operate from for a long time or you know when did you get to that place i think i've always had it instinctively um you know without having to go through 
you know, different courses or going to higher education. You know, I struggle with a lot of things uh, mentally, very, very strong. I can tone out uh, anything that's negative. Some of my challenges are, you know, I've never been good at grammar. I, I write a lot of copy. I mistype stuff and it's embarrassing at times, but I own it. Hey, you know, it is what it is, man. Like I'm human. Just like you, I think if you can embrace those, those human issues and not everything doesn't have to be perfect in a sense, then it, it humanizes your brand and humanizes you as an individual. And so I think it's just an understanding of yourself, what you're, and then also like, hey, this is where I want to go. It doesn't matter what Nancy across the road from you thinks or even what your mom thinks. Like, it, you know, none of that is relevant. What matters is, do you believe in what you're creating? And do you like firmly, do you have a good vision for where you're trying to go and accomplish and nobody's going to get in your way? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So true. What's, uh, what would be one thing you could leave with the listeners here as we do wrap this up? Something that if they took and put into play for their life today, they would move forward. I would say follow your heart. I think um, I, I think that won't lead you wrong. I think have integrity behind anything that you do, and it will translate. I think you know as long as you believe in your product or service, provide more value than what you're asking for, and you'll have a much higher returned lifetime value. And yeah, that's. That's it, man. Just, just follow your passion. That's where inner peace follows. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. What, where are a few, few places that we can follow you and uh, check out everything that you got going on? So you can connect with me across social media at Colin Wayne one on Instagram, Twitter, um, Colin Wayne on Facebook. They're all verified accounts. There's a lot of fake ones. So, um, but all of them are, are verified. Redline Steel on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all verified. And then redlinesteel.com is some of our products that we make. Everything is made in the United States. We have a 110,000 square foot warehouse. We've shipped over 4 million products in the last 36 months. So go, you can check out you know, some of our stuff that we have there. And then, um, yeah, my website is colinwayne.com, and that's where you can connect with me. I appreciate you coming on and taking time out of your busy day, busy schedule to be with us here today. Thank you so much, Colin. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. And marriage has never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader. I'm a leader, wait, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. <laughs> if I said it, then I meant it. I probably already did it. Consider it Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this. Championship Leadership Podcast. Hey, baby. Tip.